Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, it is a pleasure to be here with you, uh, speaking about our Catholic faith, our Catholic health, in terms of our spiritual health, our physical health, and our mental health as well. Uh, let's get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, <clears throat> you know, so appropriate that we start our show with the Angelus on so many levels all the time, but especially right now during our Advent season, you know, it's time that we are uh, starting to prepare for Christmas and for Christmas time. A lot of people, unfortunately, start celebrating Christmas early and they start saying, hey, Merry Christmas during Advent season. Uh, and it's not yet Christmas, you know, it's still Advent. We're still waiting for that uh, uh, Christmas season to start, but it's Advent. It's a time of preparation. Why is the Angelus so appropriate? Well, I think it's self-explanatory. It is the incarnation of Christ at that moment, right? So it's the moment of Christ's conception that we're praying about in the Angelus. Now, the moment of Christ's conception, the uh, uh, it was March 25th, nine months before Christmas. So that's when we celebrate that. However, we are waiting for those nine months until December 25th when we celebrate the birth of Christ. Advent season, a time of preparation the time when Our Lady said yes to God, not knowing exactly what was going to happen. All she knew is that God asked her for a favor, and she said yes. I think that's what's important. You know, when we talk about our show today, is entitled, I don't have it figured out yet. Um, and that can be a really challenging place for us to be. And I was thinking about Advent season and what we're preparing for and what's going on. And really, more than anything else, it's a time to look at what's going on in our own lives are we ready for Christ to come in our lives? And if we're not, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But let's take a step back and, and try to understand this concept. You know, I have a lot of patients when we're in therapy and they're coming and talking to me. And 
a lot of times one of the first things that we recognize or we realize when we look at ourselves and what i mean by looking at ourselves is a real look at ourselves you know people say oh yeah i look in the mirror see what i look like and and get ready for the day okay that's one thing the other thing is yeah you know i could improve this or that maybe i want to go work out or something okay fine we look at our physical selves a lot then we start really asking ourselves about who we are it doesn't always happen because we're so busy in the rush of life that we stop doing that sometimes i think we did it a lot more when we were kids and all i know is i can speak for myself but i can speak for uh, some of the clients I see, some of the patients I see, you know, when we're kids, things are simple and everybody has different roads of life when they're kids. I'm not saying kids don't go through traumas and therapies because boy, we deal with those. You know, people say kids are resilient, uh, but the reality is kids are just kind of quiet and kids just kind of keep to themselves and aren't usually allowed to say much. And so once we become adults is when we come to Dr. Sandoval and talk about our traumas you know, myself or any other therapist or somebody who's willing to listen. And then we talk about our childhood traumas, you know, and this is where, you know, as adults, we like to say, oh, kids, they can put up with a lot. But then as adults, I hear all the stories. I hear everything that we went through as kids and, and how we were traumatized. But the most important thing that I remember from being a kid in terms of having life figured out is I used to look at the adults and I used to say, gosh, you know, by the time I'm, let's just say I'm in junior high and I would look at somebody who was in their 20s, and I remember thinking, boy, by the time I'm in, I'm in my 20s, I'm going to have it figured out. I didn't know what it was, and I didn't exactly know what figured out meant. But I thought, I'll have it figured out. It seems like they're older, they're taking decisions for themselves, or either in college, working, whatever position in life these people are in at that age, <clears throat> or anybody really. And it looks like, well, there's no reason they shouldn't have it figured out. I mean, they've got, they're making their own choices. They're not under mom and dad like I am. I get told where to go. I get told what to do. I have to do my homework. I have to, you know, play sports, whatever it is that your parents guide you to. And I thought, well, obviously that's not my life. But when I get older and I'm making my decisions, I'm going to make all the right decisions and have it figured out. That was, that was an easy way to think when I was that age. Then I get into my 20s and I get to that age where I thought, oh, gosh, they have it figured out. I get there and I realized I don't quite have it figured out just yet myself. You know, that's an interesting position to be in. But the real question is, well, why didn't I have it figured out at that age? It's going to be different for different people. You know, it depends on what path we took in life. But I think it also depends on what we thought we were going to accomplish by then. And <clears throat> as we go through life, we have a list of accomplishments we're going to do, or we hope that we're going to do. And all of a sudden, you know, we ask ourselves, did I meet these goals? Well, as a guy in our 20s, we're not usually thinking about marriage right away in the early 20s. Some guys might be. But, uh, you know, 20, 21, those guys are just hanging out. The patients I see who were female, they thought, well, I'll be working on my career and I'll have a uh, uh, you know, steady boyfriend and, and looking towards marriage. <clears throat> they were a little bit more family-oriented or marriage-oriented. But really, we had to ask ourselves, well, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to figure out what I want to do with my life. Well, I got to my 20s and still hadn't figured it out. And I looked ahead, of course, and I saw, well, people in their 30s, you know, the 20s, I realized it didn't feel much more different than my late teens. But people, except that I had to make my own decisions at this point, you know, and you start to start taking ownership for those decisions. I think that that's the hardest part. You start making these decisions that you thought as a kid 
boy, I'll make the perfect decisions for myself because nobody else is going to tell me what to do. And then all of a sudden in our 20s, yeah, that's kind of how we feel. I'm going to make my decisions and they're perfect decisions. I haven't figured it out yet. But maybe when I'm in my 30s, I see those people are figured out. So I know that by the time I'm in my 30s, gosh, by the time I hit 30, I'll get married, of course. You know, I'll be well into uh, forming a career and get married and have kids. And I know a lot of women who uh, they truly believe that by the time they're 30, they're going to have a child or they better. That's on their that's on their to do list. You know, I got to have a child by then for uh, whatever reason, biology is calling. And that can be a big goal. <clears throat> well, these are some of the challenges that we face, though, because all of a sudden you hit 30 and you realize, I don't think I have it figured out yet. I haven't met these goals. You know, women who uh, some of, I'm just thinking of some of my patients. I'm not speaking of all women, uh, but some of my patients who hit 30 and they didn't get married or have a kid yet. Or, you know, they dated around or some of them had a kid out of wedlock and that was not in the plans. Uh, all of a sudden, they can start to get depressed, and they can start to get into this feeling of "I better speed this up. I gotta, I gotta really speed. I gotta find a husband now, because if I don't have a kid when I'm 30, I better get a husband now, and I better make sure that I meet these goals right away." Well, uh, something happens there. All of a sudden, we start making these decisions that we thought we were going to make perfectly, and now we're making rush decisions, brash decisions. Because we want to meet our goals, because this goal that we had set isn't quite uh, isn't quite living up to what we thought we were going to do, you know. And all of a sudden, the biggest challenge there is we start feeling like we failed. We failed in life, and that can be really hard because all of a sudden we start making decisions on life, trying to get out of a hole. Now we figure that we're in a hole, and we can't get out of it. What happened? All these thoughts that I had that I was going to be in a particular place, that I was going to have these goals accomplished, uh, all of a sudden fell through the cracks. I'm not there. And in fact, I feel like I'm behind. So now what happens in life? Now we start making poor, really poor decisions because we're not thinking straight because we're thinking we got to meet certain goals from before without looking at the present moment. So what's the whole point of all this? Where, where do we go with this? Geez, Dr. Sandoval, this sounds bleak. I don't have it figured out. You're telling me that you don't, have it to, you don't have it figured out because I kept looking at my 30s and I thought by the time I'm 40, those people look like they're in, they're in a state of peace. And think of nothing else. That's kind of what it, what it means to have it figured out because like I said before, I don't know when I was younger and I thought I'll have it figured out what that meant. I'll meet these goals. I knew what my goals were or what I hoped my goals were. But I didn't take into account something very important, and that's something we call life. I didn't take into account that we all have different paths in life. Now, am I happy with where I am in life? Yeah, certain things, absolutely. Certain things I'm always going to be very happy about, uh, you know, that uh, we made good decisions. And that's true across the board for, for patients, for anybody. We should look back and look at the decisions we made that we say, hey, that's pretty good. I have a family, got kids, I've got a career, whatever it is, whatever place we are in life. It's important to look at those positive decisions that we made and say, sure. But, you know, <clears throat> at this stage in life, do I have it figured out? Well, that's a big question. That's something to consider. But we're going to talk more about that when we come back from the break. I see that we're coming to a close. Now, if you're in a position in life where you feel like you don't have it figured out, it's okay. You're not alone. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and how to get out of that when we come back from the break. 
All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, a pleasure to be here with you, with our Catholic audience and our non-Catholic audience, if you're listening in. Um, always important to talk about life. You know, we talk about so many different things in our in our everyday Catholic world, in our everyday world, I should say. Um, and yet, do we ever really stop to talk about life, to talk about, you know, what's really important? I got goals to meet. You know, that's what we're talking about right now. Have I figured it out? Did I meet my goals? Did I actually get to the point where I feel I'm content and happy in life, where I can stop and rest and say, hey, I've made it. I don't have any more worries. Well, there's a little secret for you, folks. I don't think anybody's figured it out. I think we're in a bunch of different places. I don't think we're ever going to be in that moment of peace if we're relying on ourselves to meet certain goals. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But listen to this beautiful passage. Because if you feel like, gosh, you know, this sounds pretty bleak, Dr. Sandoval. Oh, no, this is actually a really good thing. It's actually a really good thing to figure out that we don't have it figured out. Because then is when we're going to reach peace. Listen to this passage. This is Isaiah chapter 60, verse 15. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. Through that again. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. We're going to come back to that. That's an important passage um, to think about when we are uh, focusing on our lives, on what goals we've met, on what goals we want to meet, on what's important and what we feel like, gosh, you know, I, 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 I haven't met my goals, so I'm done. And a lot of people, I think, fall into the trap when I hear their stories when they come to me for advice of trying to fix the past and trying to make up for the goals that they haven't yet uh, accomplished. And it's important to look at the past and say, hey, what can I what can I write and what, what wrongs can I write? Is it possible to do that? Absolutely. There's certain things that we can absolutely fix. You know, if I've hurt a friend, if I need to, uh, if I know that I've sinned in a certain way, God gives us that option. We have confession. We can go back and apologize. We can learn to forgive. These are very important things that actually bring peace in our lives. But moving forward, what do we do? Well, the first question I would have is what does it mean to have it figured out? I think it's important to talk about that during our Advent season. Our Advent season, what, what is it about? Why, why is it that we're even celebrating Advent? We're preparing for the birth of Christ, so we say. But I can prepare for anybody's birthday. You know, even preparing for somebody's birthday, I want to, if I get invited, I want to show up. I want to say, ah, I wonder what they would like. Bring my gift and make sure that I, I show up and, and say happy birthday. Or I really don't know that person that well, but hey, I got invited to a party through a friend and I'm going to just be gracious and, and humble and accept the, the invitation and, and be gracious that I'm there. Whatever is the situation where I'm going to a birthday party, uh, we're celebrating somebody's life. Christmas is an interesting uh, situation, I, I would say, because things are in a little bit of a reverse. You know, we're celebrating Advent, we get to Christmas, and in Christmas, how many of us really think, wow, this is Jesus' birthday. What gift would he like? What am I going to get him? Usually Christmas is about, I got to get presents for other people um, because it's Christmas. And we just say, because it's Christmas. But do we stop and think it's because it's the birth of Christ? It's an interesting birthday party because it's a birthday party where we're the ones who get gifts. You know, we don't usually come with gifts. We're not I hope that we're like the three wise men at some point 
and say, geez, this is who was born here. What's the significance of this birthday? You know, we celebrate other people being born and we celebrate their life. The interesting thing is God has always been. And when God decided to become incarnate, how do we celebrate his birthday? You know, God is life. But the interesting thing about the birth of Christ is that he was born to give us life. It's like our birthday. It's like Christ is born so that we can have life eternal. That's a really important key to consider when it comes to Advent. What am I preparing for? What gift am I bringing Christ? Well, if Christ came and God incarnated himself to give us life, the best gift I'm going to give God is the gift of my life. That's really what it comes down to. We're going to God gave us life and I got to I got to show him, hey, this is what I did with the life you gave me. That can be pretty daunting. It can be pretty daunting if we feel like my life hasn't been much. What did I do with my life? <clears throat> do I regret all the dates I've had? Do I regret not going into particular uh, careers in life? Do I regret uh, passing up chances? Do I regret getting married? Do I regret rushing into a marriage if that was the case? I'm not saying it was. Some people do. Um, do I regret passing up nice relationships I had because I found the other person boring or because I thought mm, they're not good enough for me? You know, do I regret <clears throat> dating people or being in a position in life or, or keeping a job because I didn't want to be alone or I was afraid to venture out into something else? There's going to be lots of regrets in that way. And we start to feel like, yeah, I really don't have it figured out because to have it figured out, I think a lot of us think, or at least I can speak for myself as well. And I speak you know, from what I hear from clients is I'm going to be in a position where I'm at peace and I don't have any wants and I don't need anything. And we imagine that we're going to get to a place like that in life. I think the reality, however, is so long as we're on this planet, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think the most important thing to figure out is I don't have it figured out and I'm not going to have it figured out. I don't have all the answers, but here's the thing. I don't have all the answers. What am I supposed to do? Well, Let's look at who's speaking to us and let's look at what it means to have all the answers. The real question is, am I supposed to have all the answers? The world is going to tell you, yeah, the world is going to tell you, boy, you better figure this out and, and you better figure it out quick and you better figure out how to make money and you better figure out how to be financially stable and you better figure out how to, um, you know, check off everything on your box and, and be happy in that way. Uh, that's what's going to make you happy, according to the world. God is going to tell you, you better not figure things out while you're on this planet, because that's not where you're staying. That's not what you got to figure things out for. You got to figure things out for eternity. You got to figure out things for heaven. And I think that that's really the crux of where we find ourselves in terms of, if I've got this figured out, what do I have? What am I trying to figure out? I'm trying to figure out my life, trying to figure out peace here. But during Advent season, this is where we stop and think. You know, you come to therapy. People come to therapy. I'm thinking of a particular case here. This was a gal. She was probably in her mid-40s, and she was really, really frustrated. She was feeling depressed, and, and she just nothing was going well in life. In her particular case, she kept coming back, and it was always the same presentation. She kept coming back and saying, you know, I'm living at home with my mom. I'm in my 40s. It's not where I wanted to be. I'm there not because I'm taking care of my mom, not because I wanted to be there, but because I have nothing else. Got married, I got divorced, I have two kids, 
Um, and then currently while I'm there, I'm dating, I'm dating somebody and they're just, uh, they're, they're, I'm kind of going out with them. They keep hurting my feelings. It's not the ideal person, but if I don't date them, what else is there for me? I feel like there's nothing else. So I just hold on to this relationship and he comes back and forth. He comes and he comes to see me and we go out and we have a good time and I feel happy. And then he leaves me. And then when he leaves me, I feel sad and I feel depressed, even though I know he's not good for me. He's not the best person for me. But if he leaves, I feel like I'm not going to have any company. And she kept doing that over and over and over. And then there wasn't much of a change. There wasn't uh, much of an idea of, well, what do you want different in your life? She knew what she wanted different, but she wasn't taking the steps to say, I'm going to take a risk and change it up because this isn't what's, what's happy for me. This isn't uh, bringing me that peace that I'm looking for. I'm choosing to stay stagnant. And that's where in our Advent season, we can say that. We can say, well, you know, things are okay. I, I realize that there's things that aren't good in my life, but it's better than nothing. That can be a daunting place to be um, because then it leaves us in the middle of nowhere. I'm neither here nor there. As I prepare for Advent, as I prepare for the birth of Christ, I got to ask myself, what am I bringing to Christ? Do I trust God enough to say, maybe if I change my life, if I start following the way of Christ, maybe I don't have to have it figured out. Maybe Christ is going to help me figure it out. Let's read that Bible verse again. Let's see what that means if we start thinking about it that way. Again, this was the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 15. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated with no one passing through, I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. I like that because it's a very, very realistic uh, verse at first. How many times do we feel that way? I don't have it figured out because I feel forsaken. I feel hated. No one passing through. No one passing through really what that means to me is... There's nothing going on in my life. I'm I'm a, I'm a ghost town. There's no life in this town. There's no life inside of me. You know, this is how that patient was feeling, really, even though things were happening. But there was nothing passing through her life, nothing exciting passing through her life. She, was, she felt dead. She was relying on so many other people for her happiness. It didn't always make sense because we'd go over it and over it, and she could take medication. She was on medication. That wasn't going to be the solution. Let's look at the next part. I will make you majestic forever, a joy from age to age. I think that that's what we need to figure out right there. When we come to Christ, when it comes time for Advent, our hope is in Christ. Why? Do we remember why our hope is in Christ? Well, because Christmas time we celebrate, and it's fun to celebrate, and it's fun to decorate, and it's fun to have a Christmas tree, and it's fun to you know have Christmas parties, and everything looks very festive and joyful and all the shops get really festive, and of course, they want your money, but that's a happy feeling. But do we really truly believe that Christ is the one who's going to make us majestic? Am I willing to let everything go the way I'm making decisions, the way I'm making choices, because at some point, something's not working, if I feel like I don't have it figured out? And all of a sudden, am I willing to say, I'm going to let Christ make me majestic. I'm going to get some uh, uh, humility in me. I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to stop trying to uh, figure things out on my own. I'm going to stop having a checklist. I'm going to stop having these things in my life. You know, uh, during the second part of the break, we're going to talk about this. We're going to look at a little bit more at uh, how we're going to how we're going to change our mindset because we can find peace in this world. 
We can. It's just not going to be if we're looking at for the things of this world. It's a daunting place to be if we feel like we don't have it figured out. It's interesting because I see this a lot during the holidays and people tell me, um, you know, it's holiday season and some people get very happy and they say, I love the Christmas season. I love the holiday season. It's so festive. It's so happy. I love looking at the manger, putting up the tree, like seeing how happy the kids are. Boy, that brings me joy. Other people, very common, I would say probably more common than not, uh, more common than the people who find joy is people who tell me, Dr. Sandoval, um, it kind of makes me sad. I, I think I get depressed during the holiday season. Um, you know, there's seasonal affective disorder, if you will. Some people suffer from that, which is a very true disorder. Uh, happens during the winter time. Things get darker. People get depressed. But in particular, sometimes people say, no, the holidays themselves make me sad. There's something very sad about the holidays for me. We're celebrating Christmas. Everybody's saying Merry Christmas. Everybody's having a drink of apple cider or something. And there's something inside of me that can't join that. Not because I'm sad for myself sometimes. Sometimes I'm sad because... There's people who are homeless. I focus on the things of the world that are not that good. I focus on uh, the fact that there's some people who are lonely out there. I focus on uh, the fact that some people are arguing all the time in their families and have family strife. I focus on the fact that people are miserable at their jobs. You know, there's so many things that can happen for people when they feel that they're supposed to be happy, if we feel we're supposed to be happy. How do we fix that? How do we change that up? Well, let's talk about that a little bit more after the break. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. This is Dr. Luis Sandoval, your host here of the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, a pleasure to be here with you. Today, during our Advent season, we're preparing for the birth of Christ. We're probably decorating our home, which I think I always love. Uh, I do love the Christmas season. I do love the decorations, I, but it comes one time a year, you know, and how do I keep that going for me? And how do we keep that going for ourselves the rest of the year, especially if we feel like, you know, I haven't figured things out. I don't know where I'm supposed to be in life. I don't know where I'm moving. I don't know uh, what I'm moving towards. Uh, I don't know if I've made the right decisions. I have so many self-doubts. Um, it can be very hard to, to feel that way. And yeah, if there's any kids listening, guess what? Um, you're going to get to a certain age and you're going to feel like, I don't know that I have it figured out. <laughs> and it's okay. That's the most important part. It's okay. Why is it okay? Because I think it's really... When we start to think that way, it can be daunting, it can be very heavy, and it can feel a lot of, like my patients will say, I feel like a loser, or I feel like I'm just not worth it, or there's not much about me, or I'm not that important. I think that that's where a lot of where it comes from. But I think that happens a lot when we start looking at what the world tells us that we have to have figured out, and the goals that we've set up according to, shall we say, societal norms. You know, society, life, people around you are going to tell you, boy, you need to have this ready by this time of your age. You need to have this ready by this time of your age. You need to have already been married. You need to have already picked a career. You need to be making this much money. And you need to have this much for retirement by the time you're 15 years old, pretty much. <clears throat> society likes to rush things. I think we need to allow ourselves to grow. And I think we need to give ourselves time. And the first thing I would say is if we're going to look at the way of the world is there's no timeline. Why is the world giving me a timeline? The truth is, if I'm going to look at the way of God, I'm right where I need to be. I'm right where God wants me or the decisions I've made in life for better or for worse. If I don't understand that God is still part of my life and is still guiding me, I'm going to feel pretty desolate because I'm not going to pick up the cues. 
I'm not going to pick up the cues for where I'm supposed to be in life, uh, where I'm supposed to go, what, what direction I have. A lot of times we forget that when we are born, this is what I love about this talk during the Advent season, much like Christ's child, we were born with a mission. You know, when we see that the birth of Christ and we celebrate the birth of Christ, I think a lot of what gets lost in this is when Jesus was born, he had a mission. He wasn't just born into the world to say, hey, come figure it out, get a career, do this, do that. He had a mission. He had a particular mission. And the mission was towards heaven. It wasn't about the world. It was about heaven for sure. We're each given a mission as well on our way to heaven, but we don't think that way because the world's going to tell you how to figure out the world here. That's where I think most of us get depressed or feel desolate. We start thinking, boy, these are my plans and these are the plans I have to make while I'm here on this planet and build wealth and all these and fame right now. Boy, all the kids, any teenager I talk to uh, in clinic or otherwise, all they want is fame. They don't even think of careers and families anymore the way we used to or the way I remember thinking of it as a kid. It's all about I better have my online social network channel fame likes people know me i need to get out there how do i advertise myself i need to be different and it was pretty uh you know that's pretty daunting because all of a sudden we feel like we're born to be some kind of a famous star to everybody here on this planet but you start doing that then all of a sudden you got to keep people happy on this planet as well you know it's a it's a challenging place to be in you want to get famous but you don't want to get drugged through the coals and people aren't always going to be kind I think if we want to really know how to figure it out, or I should say to find some kind of peace and realize, well, maybe I'm where I'm supposed to be, I would want to look towards people. Who do I look at as my role model is really the question. Do I look to the person who looks like they're rich on the outside and has money and cars and all this stuff, and that's how I want to be? Well, I've got news for you. They don't have it figured out either. They might have money. But nobody on this planet is going to be without troubles. I don't know how, it doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter, you know, we see people and they say, oh my gosh, they have such a beautiful wife, a beautiful husband. They have all these things. That's where I want to be. No, even people who are independently wealthy, because we are human beings and we all have a human experience, are going to go through highs and lows and depressions and anxieties and concerns and worries. In fact, once people have a lot more money, they're going to have a lot more worries because they start to rely on that money for their well-being. And if that money's gone, what are they going to do? They're, they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to know how to feel uh, secure in themselves. Who do I want to look to? Who do I want to be the person I, I model myself after? Uh, we can easily say Christ and we can say, well, Dr. Sandoval, that's not, that's not fair. Christ is perfect. He's God. How can I model myself after Christ in that way? Well, we definitely have to model ourselves after Christ. We have to look at and listen to the words of Christ. But if we feel like we can't do that, why don't we look at people who have modeled themselves after Christ and see what they have to say? Let's look at some of the saints. The saints are going to tell us, you know, if we, if we say, our, what's our goal? If my goal is to be married and have kids and all this stuff, yeah, I can look to this world. But if my goal is to make it to heaven, as we as Catholics say, this is Advent season. I'm preparing for the birth of Christ. I'm preparing for Christ to really be born in my heart. Why? So that I can be rich or so that I can make it to heaven and have my treasures in heaven, as Jesus tells us to do. That's really, I want to see who, who made that goal, who made that part of their lives, who actually had the courage to say, eh, I don't want to be in this place in my life. I, I need to change something up, but I need to change it in the direction of God. It was the saints. Let's look at some of the saints' quotes and see what they tell us in terms of having life figured out. These are some saint quotes about love. I'm going to put a, a little uh, a caption here underneath the, the video. I'm going to put a link 
to this website. This is pretty, it's kind of a cool website. It's, uh, it's just a lot of quotes on the saints about different things. But I like this because if we think that we don't have it figured out, well, let's look to some people who had it figured out for heaven, shall we say. Let's look at this quote. Let us love since that is what our hearts were made for. That was St. Teresa Lisieux, the little flower. I like that. You know, and we're not exactly sure what we're doing in life. What was my heart made for? It was about love. Really, more than anything else. Here's another quote about love. Love to be real. It must cost. It must hurt. It must empty us of self. St. Teresa of Calcutta. I love that quote. Love to be real. I think that that is one of the most important uh, things to consider. When we're looking at the world and we're trying to figure things out, the fact that that St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa tells us, love to be real. What does it mean to be real? The world is pretty fake. When we start looking at people who are famous, they have a public persona. But is that who they really are? What does it mean to be real? What does it mean to be real in our hearts? Love to be real. It must cost. It must hurt. And it must empty us of self. Well, I like that because if we're going to figure things out in life, the first question we have to ask ourselves, and a lot of people ask ourselves, is who am I? You know, a lot of times we hear, in, in, especially in college, people say, I'm trying to find myself. Usually what that tells me, now that I'm older, because I'm sure I was there at one point, I'm sure I was trying to find myself. What that usually tells me is, you haven't figured out that it's about Jesus. It's about God. And we have to be real with ourselves. We have to be real with ourselves and say, I have my failures. I have my good points, my bad points. In the world, people just want to show off what we consider our good points. Uh, we always want to show this perfect persona. And that sure doesn't make sense. Not during the Advent season. I think as we're preparing for Christ, we have to take a, that hard look at ourselves and be real and say, I'm not perfect. That's what Advent's about. I better start to prepare myself. We got to start making penance. It's just like Lent. It's just for Christmas. It's just unfortunately, Christmas time, people just want to celebrate. But you're worth it. In order to find who you really are, this is what I love about this quote. Love to be real. It's going to cost you. It's going to hurt. And you got to empty yourself. Why? Because then you're left with nothing to conceal, nothing to hide behind, nothing to say, oh, I better, you know, I, I'm going to put on this public persona. Nope, this is who I am, for better or for worse. And guess what? I can see my imperfections and now I can do something about them. Otherwise, I'm just hiding. I'm pretending that I'm perfect and I'd never think to move ahead or to get better in life. It just doesn't make sense that way. You're never going to be real that way. In order to be real, in order to have it figured out, I have to have a very good grasp that I'm not perfect and that I don't have it figured out. I think that that's the moment where figuring it out meets peace. Figuring it out and realizing that I don't have it figured out. But I don't have to because I'm going to allow Christ in my life and walk with God and let him guide me. That's the moment of peace. That's the moment I say, hey, things are going to be okay. Look at this next one. Intense love does not measure. It just gives. Mother Teresa, again, St. Teresa of Calcutta. That's an important component of love and figuring out life because a lot of times we're looking at what can I get for myself? Remember I, when I say that we have a list, we have to accomplish these goals that we set for ourselves. It's all about me. It's all about, well, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do this? But notice that it's usually about me. I don't know how many people in their life goals say, I want to make sure that I at least uh, accomplish each one of the works of mercy one time in my life. Uh, the corporal works of mercy and the spiritual works of mercy. I'm going to go through that checklist. 
I'm going to make sure that I read the Ten Commandments, and not only do I follow them, but I actually act on them, meaning that if it tells me, you know, do not kill, okay, so I'm not killing anybody, but how can I bring somebody good life? How can I help somebody feel alive? You know, honor your mother and father. What does that mean? Well, yeah, I'm going to honor them, but how can I also be honorable as a parent? You know, how many times do we take action that way? These these should be our life goals, really, more than anything else. Intense love does not measure, it just gives. How many times do we say, part of my life goals, part of what I, I want to accomplish in this life while I'm here on earth is to make sure that I am able to give love and not just look for that perfect relationship. You know, a lot of times, one of the things that happens that I see uh, with marriage in this world, uh, and why do so many marriages fail? Why is there so much divorce? Why is it that... You know, we say, you know, marriage, a lot of people don't even want to get married or anything like that, even though they have it on their checkoff list, is because unfortunately now society see marriage more as an accessory. We see our spouse as an accessory, something that we wear, something to show off or make sure that you buy the right one. It's like, I love watches. And if I look at the right watch, you know, some can be really expensive, some can be very uh, inexpensive. But if I'm looking at watches, uh, I say, well, can I afford it? What does it look like? And I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it because I like to look at it. I want other people to think I have something really nice on my wrist. Uh, the real question is, does it tell my time? You know, you see so many watches out there with, oh, it does this or that, or, you know, it can tell you three different atmospheres. It can tell you what the, what the phase of the moon is, but does it tell my time? I think sometimes we look at relationships and marriage that way. And we say, I want to get married um, because it's an accessory. It's on my checkoff list. I want to have a, a partner in life or I want this career as a checkoff list. But really, does it tell my time? Is it doing what it's supposed to do? Is it somebody that I can love? Is it a career that I can give of myself into? Am I looking for that to make me happy or can I bring happiness to it? More about, you know, trying to figure things out when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. And here, as we prepare for our Advent season, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to say, hey, what's it all about? You know, I love trying to figure things out during Advent and during Lent, because that is when I realize I don't have anything figured out if I rely on myself and if I don't rely on God. You know, what, we're going to light the candles for Advent season. I think the Advent wreaths are so beautiful. Uh, I think that they're that they're great. Um, I think it reminds us, you know, of things that we need to aspire to, hope and peace and joy as we light these candles. But really, we're always looking out. You know, we're, we're, we're uh, looking at how does the world see us? Uh, where does my perfection come from? We think that our perfection comes from ourselves. And in a way it does. We participate in our own perfection. But are we participating with the world or are we participating with God? And I think that that's what Advent really brings to light. God loves us so much that he sent us his son. What does that really mean? Well, we're looking at some of the quotes of saints to help us figure it out. I don't want to look to the world. I don't want to look to what the president said. I don't want to look to what uh, the person in Congress said. You know, if you go on social media, I know that a lot of people have accounts on that website called Twitter. I don't have an account there necessarily. Um, and people love to speak and talk and, and hear themselves. And it, it, it really does sound, my guess is that that website really does sound like a bunch of birds chirping and you don't know who's saying what, and you got to kind of try to figure something out. But I know that people love to put their quotes on there and feel like they just saved the world or something. Um, but the reality is I do have to participate. I do have to put my quote in 
but is my quote going to be on a website that's going to die or is my going to my quote going to be somewhere in heaven i don't know that's what the decision we got to make that's what that's what we got to choose which way am i leaving living my life am i living it towards god or am i living it towards the world all i can tell you is 100 percent when people are living towards the world when they think that that's where we figure life out um that's usually what leads towards more of the depression that's what leads towards feeling lost because eventually yeah sure it might feel good for a little while people are doing well i'm not going to say that people who are famous or have money don't enjoy some of it but usually there's a part of them that's really really lonely there's a part of them that that says i don't really have friends i have friends so long as i have money and parties and and i can invite them places but if i had nothing else who would love me i think that that's where a lot of people feel that they actually start you know they people most people say if I don't have uh, my life's goals, who's going to love me? If I, if, I, if I don't have money, who's going to love me? And so I'm going to work towards that. And I'm going to forget about the life that is even around me here. Let's look at this. There's a quote from Mother Teresa. It is easy to love the people far away. It is not always easy to love those close to us. It is easier to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger than to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved in our own home. Bring love into your home, for this is where our love for each other must start. St. Teresa of Calcutta. That's Mother Teresa again. You know, and that's so true. A lot of times when we're looking at figuring out life, we're looking so far away. We forget to look right around us and to say, you know, where? how have I spent my life? Did I spend my life looking everywhere else? Or did I stop and realize, boy, I spent all this time with my spouse. And that really means something at the end of the day. You know, when I'm on my deathbed, what am I going to want to have said? You know, that I kept searching for fame and money and that it didn't come to me or that I was able to turn around and look at the people right around me and bring joy right in my own space. We forget that we have that power. You know, we forget that because we don't feel that we're that important. We feel that importance is going to come from somewhere outside of us. And we're always chasing that. I think when we figure things out is what we figure out, like St. Augustine says in this quote, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. I think that that's probably one of the most powerful quotes I've ever heard from a saint. Because how many times do we feel that we are invisible to God? And the reality is, everybody else is invisible to God but you. If we want to think of it that way, that's the way God loves us. But he can do that for each of us. He can look at you and you're going to feel like nothing else matters to God but me. I am so famous to God. All he does is for me. In fact, he made this whole planet just for me. I think we're all going to be able to feel that and realize that. And when it comes to God, it's true. You know, how many times do we see that in, shall we say, Hollywood or the movies or famous people who talk to each person and make them feel like they're the only person in the world because they're famous and they want to get a vote or they want to get a like or they want to keep, you know, people around. And so they try to make that person feel important, but then they forget them. And they go to the next person and they want to make that person, you know, we see this all the time when it comes to voting for politicians and they come on the TV and they tell you how your needs are so important and, and how they're going to be there to help you out and they need a vote. And then after that, do we hear that again? Not until it's time to vote again. And that's across the board. That's just the nature of politics. I don't blame them necessarily. Um, that's the nature of politics. You know, they, they live for voting. They live to be in a position of power. With God, it's a little bit different. He's going to come and he's going to tell you how important you are to him. And how you're the only thing that matters to him every single time. Without doubt, without changing, without thinking of anything else. But 
are we ready to turn to Christ? Are we ready to light that Advent candle and accept that? Because it's going to come with some pain. It's going to come with the pain of realizing we're not part of this world. My checkoff list should be a little bit more, where am I at spiritually? Not in the future, but every day. If I think about the future and how perfect my spiritual life is supposed to be, that's going to be a daunting task. And in fact, I don't even know what that's going to mean because I'm projecting perfection for the future. When I don't realize, what am I doing right now? I can actually change my life right now for God. That's all I have to have figured out. If I'm not happy with where I'm at, what am I doing to change that? If I stay there, then that's that's where I'm happy. Even if it's miserable and I don't feel good, that's what I've decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to settle into. But I think that as we come to Advent, as I start preparing for Christmas, if I start preparing my heart and my life for God, I got to tell myself, what am I doing right now? Even I, I have to ask myself, even as I'm, as I'm doing this video, what am I doing this video for? I'm hoping that each of our listeners and that anybody who's listening to the show will unite in prayer and say, hey, why don't we pray for each other so that we can each find God? Why don't we say, hey, let's set up a goal. In fact, if anybody wants to email me and tell me what their Advent goal is, there will be a little bit of a prize. Uh, tell me what your Advent goal is. Tell me uh, what you're going to do as far as your uh, spiritual life, and you will get a prize in the mail. I won't say what the prize is, but what is your goal? What is it that you're going to do towards Christ right now in your life that you can change? And I can't tell you what that is, because each of our lives is unique. The same way that God loves us as we're the only ones, our lives are so unique that any action you take is going to change the world, but in only a way that you can do that. Nobody else can do it. That's how important we are before the eyes of God. But we don't always see that. The world's going to bog us down. It's going to tell us that we're going to need to be something that we're not. So when we ask ourselves, hey, who are we? I'm, I'm trying to find myself. Well, there's a great quote by St. Thomas Aquinas, which I think is a wonderful quote. The things that we love tell us what we are. That's St. Thomas Aquinas intellectual giant of the church, doctor of the church, the things that we love tell us what we are. When I'm asking myself, who am I? What am I trying to figure out? Stop and ask yourself, what do you really like? Not what does the world tell you that you have to like, because the world's going to tell you that you have to like fancy, expensive things. But when was the last time that we, when we were like kids and I can remember saying, you know, I really like making paper airplanes. That was fun. I remember going out to recess and making paper airplanes and, and flying. I didn't worry about anything else. I didn't know what else was going to happen in life. I just knew that at that moment, that brought me great joy. And it was very positive. It wasn't anything bad. And it made me imagine. And it made me think ahead. And it made me think that there was something bigger in the world and thinking about flying and how far that plane could go. When do we lose that? When do we stop thinking, I wonder how far my soul can go. I wonder how far I can make it in the eyes of God. I wonder how important I am to God. I'm going to start thinking about that. Not in a selfish, egotistical way, but in a very real way where I say, you know, if I'm that important to God, I better start thinking about that, acting like it. I better start realizing that because I think that if I do, God's going to show me that in different ways. God's going to show me how much I matter to him. And that's really what's going to count. That's when I'm going to feel peace. If I feel loved by God, truly loved by God, why would I need to be loved by anybody else? Well, gee, Dr. Sandoval, what if I'm in a marriage or what if I'm in a, a priest in my vocation? Am I not supposed to love it? Yes, God will give us that. God will let us actually know how to love our spouses. God will let us know how to love our vocations. So that they're not just accessories, but to say, hey, 
I see you. I know what I'm supposed to do for you. I know what my mission is for you. I see what's good about you. And I see the parts that you want to improve or that might need to be improved. But guess what? I love it all. And I know how to approach that. Notice that as I start doing that, I have a mission and a purpose. God wants me to fix the world around me spiritually. He doesn't want me to, you know, fix the world around me by material goods necessarily. Now, material goods are a tool I can use, but what's the spiritual end? I think if we can figure that out, we're not going to worry about the goals of the world, but we're going to ask ourselves, where's my soul? What's my spiritual end? Where, what am I preparing for this Advent season? Hopefully, I'm preparing to come to meet Christ and show him my life and show him what I've done with my life. Listen to this one. Now, we can start thinking about it a lot and we can get into our own head, but St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Jesus of Avila, she says, it is not so essential to think much as to love much. It really comes down to love. Now, remember these quotes that I picked were the ones on love. There's other quotes here on faith and whatnot. Listen to this one. Take away from love the fullness of self-surrender, the completeness of personal commitment, and what remains will be a total denial and negation of it. That's St. Pope John Paul II. What did he say? Take away from love the fullness of self-surrender and completeness of personal commitment. And what remains is total denial and negation of it. How many of us are in total denial because we don't have full self-surrender and personal commitment to God? That's what it comes down to. We can figure that out, whatever that means in your life, though. This is the challenging part when it comes to therapy. A lot of people come to me and say, well, Dr. Sandoval, this is where I'm at in life. What am I supposed to do? And they want me to give them the answers. I remember there was a young gal. She had gotten herself into a big bind. She, uh, you know, hadn't always led the best life. She actually had posed for particular uh, magazines that are not appropriate. She found herself in a, in a world of debt. She really regretted all these things because the way that her life took her, boy, she met some shady characters and she did so many things that she regretted in her life. Um, and when she came to me for therapy is because she was feeling down and out. And she wanted me to give her the answers. And she kept saying, you're the therapist. You have to tell me what to do so that I can feel better, so I can feel happy, so that I'm not in debt. And I told her, I can't live your life for you. I can help guide you, but I can't live your life for you. The only person I would ever turn to, to help me find peace, to help me figure it out, and to say, I need you to tell me what to do, would be, I would have to go, you know where I would have to go for therapy? Right in front of the tabernacle. That's really what it comes down to. How can I love better? How can I follow the commandments better? How can I do spiritual and corporal works of mercy better? How can I follow the virtues better? When I go to Jesus Christ, that's your therapist. That's the therapist I have to go to. You know, you think, Dr. Sandoval, what's your job as a therapist? Truly, my job is to help guide you to realize that you are powerful and you can make your own decisions in life that will change the world. Maybe not in ways that you can see, but every decision you're making is going to affect everybody around you. And it's also going to build you as a person or bring you down as a person because we have the power to make good and bad decisions. But if we don't have it figured out for this world, that's perfect. Where we need to have it figured out is what's our spiritual end? What's my end in the world of heaven? Until next week, this is Dr. Sandoval saying, keep it Catholic.